Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name is TJ Dow and I believe we all have a bright spark inside when you find yours and light it up. Not only do you light up inside, and that feels amazing, you light up the world around you, allowing other people to feel amazing too, and you light up the path before you, giving you a clear vision and direction on your journey through this life. What a great gift to give, both to yourself and to the people around you as you navigate this journey. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little bit of inspiration, a lot of insight and buckets full of positivity into your day. And this episode is no different to that. So welcome to the young and the young at heart to this episode in the Ignition series. As we've been going through this series over the last episodes, we've been discovering various modules in the Ignition journey, giving you a little bit of understanding about what our programme's all about, giving you a flavour for some of the things that we cover on our programme with young people and families and the things that we teach our coaches as well. So I thought that for this module, we change the focus a little bit because one of the things that we love to do is empower young people. And this module is called Learning to Learn, fueling your learning by knowing how to learn best in whichever fuel is you. So empowering young people to understand how they learn best and then to be able to apply that to any learning situation. You know, I can't always share this with teachers and certainly not always the teachers of the young people I'm working with. And I can share it with the young people and their families so that no matter what style they're being taught in, they'll always be able to apply it to their own learning, get their own strategies, learn best in a way that they like to be taught. In other words, you can take control of your learning and be the best you can be in any situation the classroom, the lecture theatre, a seminar, doing your homework, studying for exams, or even maybe learning something new at work. So it is for the young and young at heart, truly. So we all learn in different ways. Have you ever been in a lesson or a seminar that you were so excited because you got to go and learn that thing, that material, that subject, and then when you got there, the teacher or the tutor taught it in such a way that was so boring for you or hard to understand or relate to that you ended up just hating the subject and wish you could leave. <laughs> I have to admit, <laughs> it did happen to me about three months ago. I was so excited to do this particular course. It was a live programme. It was on Zoom. It was just a two hours. Oh my gosh. It was two hours of my life I will never get back. I absolutely relate to what I just said. <laughs> Brought back a, a really intense memory just then. And so I realise now that maybe it wasn't that that person was a bad teacher. It certainly wasn't that they didn't know their subject, although that can happen too. It was most likely that they were teaching me in a way that is their communication style, not mine. It was a complete mismatch and it made it really hard for me to feel engaged, for me to feel part of it and for me to learn anything. And I did come, in, come off the call feeling really disappointed that I hadn't got everything that I wanted to get from it. But when you know your fuel, and we've talked about fuels in earlier episodes, of course, Nova, exuberant, sensational and wise, it's easy to determine what your best way to learn will be. 
because each of the fuels has its own learning style. So let's go through the fuels because if you have done our spark test, then you'll know which fuel you are. If you listen to the fuels um, episode, then you've probably got a good idea of which fuel is you. If you want to do the spark test, it's absolutely free. Just go over to www.ignition.rocks on the home screen, just on the top bar on the right hand side, you'll see a yellow button that says discover your bright spark. If you click on that, it's just a quick five questions free of charge to discover your bright spark and it'll give you a little download to tell you about that fuel and to remind you of the other fuels as well. So do go and hop on over and do that quick test there. But if you know or you've got a good idea what your main fuel is, let's jump into the fuels. Now, this is not 100% true every time, I'm sure. However, most of the time, it does seem to stand up that your learning preference is linked to your fuel. So let's start with Nova fuel at the top of the compass there. And if you have a lot of Nova fuel, the chances are you will tend to be a very visual learner. If you are have more exuberant fuel, you'll most likely be an auditory learner. If you have more sensational fuel, you're more often not going to be called what's a kinesthetic learner. And if you have a lot of wise fuel, you're probably going to be a logical learner. Let's explore what that actually means. And so you can make use of that information in a way that works for you. So people with a lot of Nova fuel do tend to be the visual learners because, well, they're head in the clouds, daydreamers, aren't they? The visionaries, they love to think in pictures and visual visualise things. And people with a visual preference, well, they tend to be very organised, neat, well-groomed, because it's important for them to look good. And yes, they expect you to look good too. They use visualisation for memory and decision-making and often get insights about something. So people who are very visual often stand or sit with their heads and bodies quite erect so their eyes are up so they can see what's going on around them. And they are more imaginative and might have difficulty putting their ideas into words. They often speak faster than the general population because they have a picture in their mind. Now, that picture might not be a still picture. It might be moving. It might be a moving picture, a movie. And so they have to speak quickly to tell you all about it before the picture or the movie's moved on. Otherwise, if the movie's moved on, you get a blank screen and you go blank and you're like, oh, I've lost my train of thought, can't remember what I was saying, right? <laughs> read that happen. And so they're speaking quickly to keep up. They prefer to communicate in person, face to face, so that they can see the other person and see his or her reactions. They want to see or be shown concepts, ideas or how something's done. Let me see the big picture. Remember, they're the big picture thinkers, the Google Earth view. Too much detail and they glaze over. I just want to have a big overview. They may not remember what people have said and become confused to figure if you give them too many verbal instructions. Because all that talk, 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 it's really hard to translate that into pictures in your mind before somebody's moved on to the next seven sentences. So... If you can draw a map or a picture for them, then they can see what you're saying. It's so much easier. They remember faces more easily than re they remember names. I read that phrase, great with faces, hopeless with names. Yeah, that's probably a visual learner. And they'll be distracted by visual activity 
and less so by noise. So these are the kids in our class, the teachers talking, 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 talking. They can't turn the words into pictures fast enough. Then something happens outside, they get distracted by something visual and then they get told off for not paying attention. I think it's just mean that our kids are getting into trouble for being taught in a way that they don't learn. Can't work with the teachers, but I can work with the kids to make that easier for them. So how do we engage best with visual learners and how do we help visual learners, those with a lot of Nova fuel, to engage and learn in their preference style? So those characteristics mean that they will learn best by seeing what you're saying. So you need to use visual aids either if you're teaching or sharing a learning experience or if you are a visual learner. Flip charts are brilliant. If you're a teacher or a trainer or a coach, use flip charts because when you draw it on a flip chart, don't leave it on the flip chart or flip it over. Take it off and stick it on the wall because the more I see that flip chart around the room as I'm being taught, the more I get the picture. I keep referring back to it. If I lose my train of thought, it's an anchor to the present. Oh, that's where we are. I can see it. And every time you refer back to a flip chart, you're embedding the learning that much deeper. So PowerPoint slides. Um, PowerPoint slides that have lots of visuals on them. I don't want sentences and paragraphs, slides with just writing and black and white. I want colour, I want pictures. Use whiteboards if you're using colour. Colours are key. Never ever use a PowerPoint slide or a flip chart or a whiteboard with less than three colours. They need it to depict the information and remember the information. It breaks it up for them. So for visual learners, you need handouts, you need maps, you need drawings, you need pictures, you need diagrams, you need flowcharts, props, articles, post-it notes. <laughs> yes, they'll engage with you when you speak quickly and in an animated way using purposeful gestures and movement. Use their imagination to bring things to life and remember that what you've been saying. So if you are a visual learner, take your notes in colour. Use mind maps to break up the information. Draw pictures within your notes. Use post-it notes to capture the information, put it on the wall and move it around and reorganise it. Anything that brings that information to life makes it interesting. My, my team, no, do not ever, ever, do not bring TJ a spreadsheet that is black and white, full of data. I will not even open it. <laughs> if you're going to dare bring me a spreadsheet, you better make it colourful and interesting because otherwise, oh my gosh, it's so, so hard to read, to see, to understand, to take in. That's not how people with a visual preference learn. So if you are a young person listening that has a visual preference and you have a teacher that's teaching in a talk, talk, talk or a logical way or an experiential way that isn't in your style, then take coloured pens, use mind maps, draw in your notes, have permission to do that in order to allow you to learn best. Use those things when you're revising. Now then, people who have a lot of exuberant fuel, exuberant fuel, loves to talk, loves to listen, right? So they learn best when they're talking and listening and engaged in a conversation. 
people with an auditory preference tend to talk to themselves, like they need to hear it. And so you often will like hear them speaking out loud. You know, these are the kids in class that you're like, you've got an exercise to do and they're reading instructions out loud and you turn around and say, can you, can you read quietly? Well, that's because they need to hear out loud what they're saying. If they can't do that, then they whisper under their breath. You ever heard people doing that? So typically they do talk to themselves. They're easily distracted by noise. And, um, but they do repeat things back to you very easily. And they usually like music and talking on the phone. And so memorising things to a rhythm and a rhyme and music or a beat makes it much easier to remember. They'll be aware of and notice subtle changes in the tone of your voice and be more responsive to and engaged by certain tones of voice. They love discussions and prefer to communicate through spoken language rather than written word. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a debate about it. Let me talk through my problems. Have somebody available to act as a sounding board and also they need to be heard. So they need to be heard and they need to, to hear how they're doing. The worst per thing you can do for, to, for somebody with an auditory preference, with all that exuberant fuel, is to tell them to turn off the TV, stop playing music, go to your room and study in silence all by yourself. Oh my gosh, it's like torturing them. <laughs> that is not how they learn best at all. So our exuberant fuel and our auditory learners learn best by asking questions. So if you're a teacher, trainer, coach, then you need to tell them when can they ask questions because otherwise if they don't know when they can ask questions, they're just going to keep interrupting you. And if you tell them they can't ask questions yet, then they'll side chat because they're going to burst. <laughs> they're bursting to get their questions out. So do tell them. You can interrupt me at any time, put your hand up, or I'll, I'll take questions at the end of the section or the session, or write your questions down, some way of capturing it so that you can remember to ask it. Involve them in discussions, talk through the exercises that they need to do, tell them what's expected of them. They love to listen to content being delivered clearly with a variety of tone and pitch and pace and speed and volume and tell them how they're doing. They need to hear. Doing a great job, by the way. <laughs> it made me laugh. My daughter said to me one day, how come, how come I can remember all of the words of that Katy Perry album I bought 10 years ago, but I can't remember anything from bio the biology course I did three months ago. <laughs> Makes me laugh, doesn't it? Probably because the words were to music and she sang them over and over, and they just got like ingrained, embedded, anchored into her nervous system. Why not do that when we're learning? Put the information to music, to a rhythm, to a rhyme, to a beat and make it fun to learn. Maybe listening to an audiobook version of a book rather than reading the written word would be much better for our auditory learners. Listening something to or to something on a podcast, funnily enough, or where our visual learners might like to watch a movie, watch a documentary, watch a YouTube video. Our auditory learners will want to do that, not especially to watch it, but to hear it. They love to debate, discuss, why not form a study group? 
you know, one of the best ways to learn is to record your own voice, reading your notes, reading whatever it is, and then play it back to yourself, especially as you're going to sleep. Your unconscious mind never goes to sleep. It's listening in. When it's listening to your own voice, it's learning as you're sleeping. What a cool way to learn when you're asleep. Love that. Love that. Now then, if you have more sensational fuel, then most likely you're going to be a kinesthetic learner. What does that mean? Well, kinesthetic is about, is about feeling, it's about touch, it's about sensing sensation. And so people with a kinesthetic preference tend to like to be in the doing Right, you can show me how to bake a cake and you can tell me how to bake a cake, but let me bake the cake, let me experience what it's like, let me feel what it's like to do that. So they respond better to physical rewards and touching, right? A touch on the elbow, a touch on the arm, a touch on the shoulder, just to say, doing a great job. It's not the words, it's the touch. They're the people who will come and give you a hug, want to come and shake your hand, right? They'll stand closer to you in order that you can feel their energy, they can feel your energy. Now, sometimes that's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? Because we have a, a certain distance of personal space that the people who have a kinesthetic learning preference, their space might be shorter than your space and it might feel a bit too close. They are interested in what you've got to teach them if it feels right to them. And so people with a kinesthetic preference tend to speak more slowly than the general population because they need time to get in touch with how they feel about the topic. And so they're checking in internally. It slows them down, feeling their way as they're speaking. They like to dress to be comfortable rather than look good. You remember our Nova Fuel likes to look good. They'll sacrifice comfort for style. Not our kinesthetic learners. They'd rather be comfortable than, than look good. And their decisions are based on that gut instinct, that gut feel that we saw is their greatest gift in noticing how people are feeling around them. So in order to help them learn best, or if you are a kinesthetic sensational fuel learner to help you learn best, you need to be in the doing. And so it's all right telling me how to do it, showing me how to do it, but let me actually do it and experience, go through, walk through something. Like, you know, if I'm going to learn a dance, let me do the dance. Let me do it step by step by step. Let me feel how it feels in my body to do that. If I've got props, let me not just look at the props, let me pick them up, feel the weight, feel the texture, touch and feel it and, and know what it's like. Let me role play something, get into the character of it. Yes, sorry for those of you who hate role play, our sensational fuel learners love getting into character. So if you're learning history, why not go and dress up as the characters and play out the parts? You see that, don't we? Sometimes you've been turning the stately homes and you can dress up in the costumes and go and do things that they would have done, play the games and cook the cooking and bake the baking and joust the tournaments. So role play, bringing history to life. If I'm learning music, let me play the instrument, let me feel it, let me feel the vibration of it. The same thing with dancing, let me feel the music, let me feel the motion. 
They love to be taught by someone who stands quite still, speaks slowly and uses lower tones. So good to know if you're a kinesthetic learner, if you're a sense, someone with a lot of sensational fuel, you've got to be in the activity, in the mix, in the experience of it. Or maybe you have a lot of wise fuel and those things don't quite tick your boxes because most likely if you have a lot of wise fuel, you will be a logical learner. Logical learners we call auditory digital. There's a bit of a weird piece of jargon, eh? But auditory digital, they have a lot of self-talk, analytical self-talk, processing self-talk. So people with a logical preference or people with a lot of wise fuel need to make sense of the world, to figure things out, to understand. They have a lot of self-talk in the data and the detail and the processing and the anal analysis of things. And so having conversations in their head all the time and so vividly sometimes that they think that conversation has actually been in real life when it hasn't, it's just been in their imagination. They think things through before taking action. So they're rarely spontaneous. They'll be very logical in their decision making process and like to know the details, the facts, the figures, the data. They memorise by steps, procedures and sequences. People with a lot with a logical learning style use reasoning and logical sequencing to absorb the information. Their strengths are often in maths because they see the patterns in the numbers, logic, problem solving. They love to work with numbers, find logical methods to answer questions, classify and categorise, and they're comfortable working in that abstract. Learners with this kind of preference often depend on their skills of logic to guide the intake of information. If you're a logical learner, you probably excel at seeing connections and relationships between concepts. You may also be excellent at making various kinds of calculations using deductive reasoning to solve problems and find solutions. It's such an enjoyable challenge for you. So games, gamify your learning, games of strategy are something that really stimulate logical learners. So it doesn't mean that they're necessarily good at maths, but they do have a strong understanding of sequence connections and patterns, most likely quite investigative. And you'll like to investigate further to find the reason or the inner workings behind something that you're learning. So logical learners, people that are wise fuel, usually enjoy school activities like computer sciences and technology and mathematics and statistics and chemistry and that kind of thing. Logical learners liking logical order in instruction and structured environments to work in. So they are natural tinkerers and builders and love to just be in that working it all out. So logical learners to help you learn best, then you need to be able to work things out, have as many facts and figures available as possible, be able to go and do your own research, making sure that it makes sense, you can measure it and work it out as much information as possible to consider all the conclusions, uh, any additional uh, reading material that you can go and do that extra research with, you love project worker and extra research. So if you've got a logical learner, 
then you need to give them structure, step by step, how to follow it, where to start, what's expected of them. So if you're setting an assignment, for instance, and it's got various parts, let them know for the first part, I want no more than 500 words. For the second part, no more than 10 bullet points. For the third part, spend no longer than 15 minutes. Otherwise, they go off into the first part, they get carried away, and then they run out of time. And that's annoying for them. So logical learners will want to contribute to a project by making an agenda or a list, setting numerical goals, ranking, brainstorming ideas, uh, putting them into sequence, keeping track of the progress in a group, constructing data reports. They're so brilliant at that. Let them do all that structure and measurement. What a great thing to do. So our logical learners uh, will want databases, will want uh, patterns, will want structure, will just need some guidance of what is actually expected, some certainty in what they're expected to learn and deliver. So what's your learning style having listened to all that? Or maybe it's a combination, especially if you are a mixture of Nova exuberant, what we would call our pilot or a mixture exuberant and sensational, what we would call our ambassador. Sensational and wise, a mixture of that, our navigators, or wise and nova, our engineers. So did you recognise your learning style as we went through? Did you get any kind of insights and, and strategies maybe that will help you or help you to help someone that you teach or coach or maybe is your uh, is a son or a daughter uh, your own young person so that's all quite a high level at the four fuels but it's really powerful when you get to implement it so i remember years ago one of our coaches uh, nikki learning this and her daughter let's call her Jane. Uh, Jane was just at that time at school where they're taking their SATs and predicting what their grades are going to be. Now, Jane was very, very bright. She was going to get great grades in all of her subjects apart from one. And that one was maths. <laughs> and it turned out that Jane was a, an astronaut traveller, had a lot of Nova fuel, so very visual in her learning preferences. So my friend Nikki, being the great mum that she is, decided to give Jane the best opportunity to learn. She'd get her a private tutor. And so Nikki decided, knowing that Jane was a visual learner, to share that with her tutor. And so the tutor really embraced that. So rather than just doing maths and equations and black and white writing on paper, she used her greatest gift and her greatest gift, Jane's greatest gift, of course, was her imagination. So as they learned all of these mathematical concepts, they would go off on little trips in their imagination to the circus or to the zoo, to the seaside, to the water park, wherever that might be. And numbers became people or ticket prices or whatever the case may be to really bring it to life. From taking those predicted uh, tests to actually having those visual lessons at the end of the year, Jane increased her predicted score by three grades and got a brilliant score because she'd been taught in a way that she learns these things are really important to implement. 
So maybe if you're a parent or a teacher, you could help those kids to do their homework in a way that works for them, help them to revise in a way that works for them too. Maybe if you are listening as a parent or a coach or a trainer or a teacher, or maybe just as a manager or somebody in a workplace, think about how you share information with the people that work alongside you. What's their learning preference style? Are you communicating with them in a way that they are going to learn and understand? Maybe uh, combining some of these learning preferences into some of the things that we do day to day to support everyone around us. I'll leave you with that thought. Which fuel are you and therefore which is your learning preference? How can you come up with some more ideas and strategies to really learn effectively, no matter what learning environment we're in. I'd love for you to share your thoughts with me. Uh, You can contact me as always through our website, www.backontractteens.com. Do pop us a message through the inquiry pages there. You can come and talk to me directly if you want to. Email me at tjtwejay at backontractteens.com. And if you've been enjoying our podcast episodes, then do give us a like and share it with some people that you know. We'd love to be able to spread the word a little bit further, really impacting, supporting our mission to positively impact the lives of 10 million young people. So you have been listening to me, TJ Dow, on this, the Spot to Your Success podcast. Until next time, go check out and test and explore those learning strategies. Bye for now.